0: Live from Casa de Monte Cristo with Dwayne and Marcus, it's Smoking Section. All right, here's another episode of Smoking Section podcast, live from Casa de Monte Cristo here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. Dwayne, how are you doing today, sir? Man, you know what? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right? I'm, I'm Feeling good? You're feeling good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling blessed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know what it is, but I have I have like a great feeling, and I, it makes me feel really good when people say that they feel blessed. Right. I Don't know what it is. It just means I've been touched some kind been of touched. way. <laughs> it's like Jesus made your life so good today. Yes. I've been touched. <laughs> um, today we have uh, a guy that I've watched. Here's the funny thing. I I met him a couple. I want to say it's more than a couple years. Okay. I think he's been in the town for quite some time. When I first saw him, I was a little tipsy. Not gonna lie. Mm. He will never remember this because I never, I never told him, and I've never, I never, I didn't meet him that day. I just saw him from a distance. But he kind of gave me like he kind of looked like Luke Bryan for a moment. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, I was in, I Hold was on, in that, a bar, and he, totally look. I was in the bar, and he was there.
1: No, nah.
0: but without he didn't have a beard. He didn't have a beard then. You never bear it then. And he looked like Luke Bryan because at the time he was wearing a baseball cap. Okay. And Luke look, Bryan looked, and I'm like, oh, there's another Luke Bryan here. I'm like, okay, that's not a bad deal. But no, he's actually being someone that I, I run into quite frequently at the Red Door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that Red Door can get you, man. That's, it's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> you come to Nashville, you go to Red Door, you, you're liable to see any type of artist you see there. <laughs> right. At Red Durham, two for ones, is a, that's a big time trap right there. But no, we got our, our buddy today here, it's Brindley Addington. How are you today, Brinley? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> that was Doin- a great intro. <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
2: <laughs> I have a funny story about the Luke Bryan thing. Uh, when I was finishing school at Belmont, uh-huh. uh, I was interning at Broken Bow Records, and uh, went towards the end of the semester, right. they took me and the other interns down to uh, Birmingham to see a Jason Aldean show. And mm. Luke was opening the tour at the time, and I was wearing that ball cap, which is the Atlanta Braves cap. And <laughs> yep. Luke being it, from it, Georgia, it, it drew some comparisons back in the day, which is why I don't wear it anymore. <laughs> um, I'm still a huge Braves fan, but. Um, we were leaving the show afterwards and I'd had a few cocktails I guess and we walked out the back and there was this crowd of people behind these barricades like waiting to see Luke get on the bus or something like that and I walked by and some lady yells
1: it's Luke
2: and everybody lost their mind and and as an intern (laughs) I should have just kept walking and just not done anything but instead I turned and I waved at them (laughs) And they, they just went wild, and I, I don't know why. I do know why, Jack Daniels. But I, uh, I did that, and uh, I still, you know, they, they kept my college credit. They didn't yeah. take my internship away from me for
0: that.
2: So. Hey, well, you did the right thing, man. You sit there, pose with a pitcher, oh, gave I them what did, they wanted. But I was far enough away they couldn't tell. I mean, he's like a whole six or seven inches taller than me. He's yeah, a tall guy. Yeah, he's a tall guy. But, yeah. uh it was funny, man. I, I just don't know why I did. I just turned and waved at him like I, I was Luke Bryan.
0: <laughs> he's a tall guy. He's, he's, yeah. that's, I, I, so you've been mistaken for Luke Bryan. Dwayne, have you been mistaken for any any celebrity?
1: Okay. You know, I'm, I have, and I'm kind of, I don't know if I should like it or be upset about it, but, man, I'll go places and everybody be like, "There go Darius. And I'm just like
0: you. Get mistaken for Darius Rucker. I don't look nothing
1: like Darius Rucker. Your like your 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 skin color is a little lighter than his. Lighter. I mean, is it really?
0: The, is it the bald head? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but uh, it it has happened. That's not a, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that I don't I don't. I, that's just one thing I don't see. I mean, hey, it's a plus for him, you know. So but look, hey, look at this over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I've been mistaken for a couple of different celebrities. Um, one time in high school, I had a really bad haircut. Uh, it, where it was, it was I was damn near bald, basically. Oh wow! And uh, I was almost the biggest person in my class. And one guy mistaken me for Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> wow! <laughs> uh, baby Shaq, baby Shaq, baby Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> baby Shaq. Uh, I've talk been, about a tall guy. You want to talk about? It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a real tall guy. Somebody <laughs> didn't know he's seven foot tall. Thought you were Shaq.
1: Yeah, yeah, like
2: yeah. How did that
0: yeah I'm, I'm totally not Shaq. <laughs> I don't have Shaq money. Um, <laughs> sure, that'd be something. Hey, I wish I would. I those, would love those Just ten percent of it. Hey,
1: this, hey, if you got Shaq money, let me hold twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I let you hold more than twenty if I had Shaq money.
0: <laughs> you get a million. You get a million. <laughs> Uh, I also, I've also gotten um, Philadelphia Eagles running back Brian Westbrook. Ooh, okay. I got him. Okay. And here's a funny story because I've done what you did. <laughs> you signed autograph. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to authenticate it, I put uh, the number 36, which is his jersey number, under the signature. <laughs> So on that same intern trip,
2: <laughs> I uh, I forgot this part until you said that, but there was this guy and a girl, they were trying to get this uh, picture signed, and they they kept saying, can you get Jason to sign this, can you get Jason to sign this, and finally somebody just handed it to me, and goes, you have a guy's handwriting, just do it, and I was like, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that, and then, I so I did it, and... <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I did it, and then we gave it back to him. They were so happy. They probably never checked, but I just did a J squiggle, an well, a, a squiggle. I looked, go. and Jason has one of the most beautiful, like perfect signatures of anybody. In so I've been told. Yeah, it's like Richard Petty. If you've yeah. ever seen his, like, yeah. It's so intricate, and I'm just like, I just ruined.
0: I tell you who's I tell you whose autograph is. It's it's pretty much scribble. <laughs> um, now we get on a show one day. Um, Ronnie Dunn, mm. yes, Ronnie Dunn. I, I had a, I used to have a guitar by that was signed by Brooks and Dunn in their last tour, and it's literally the R and then a squiggle line, and then the D and then a squiggle line with two ends that you can tell that it's ends. Other than that, you can't really tell. But yeah. you, you know what's so crazy about that is like when I was at the
1: label and everything, we actually had a machine that did it. Really? We had a machine that actually did the artist signatures.
0: So everybody <laughs> there's a th- secret for you out there, guys. Yeah, everybody think they're getting some uh, authenticity. you saw behind the curtain. <laughs> there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a behind the curtain. I didn't know that existed either. Yeah, it is kind of brilliant, though. Yes, I thought it was a joke because that was like a run-on joke in like some movies where they had like the stamp. Yeah. And they would just stamp their their names for the autographs for celebrities.
1: No, nah, that shit's real. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's some funny shit right there. Now, <laughs> that makes me question everything I know about the industry now. Yeah, it does save a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many artists, have, well, they have to put on merchandise, don't they? Well, this one's just strictly like, we know, like we had
1: guitars and everything. It would do it on no the it, it I don't think it did it on shirts, but anything that was like. Yeah, sturdy. Nobody can ride on shirts. Right. So, like, that's the hardest
2: surface to ride on.
1: Right. As soon as you start scribbling, that shirt yeah. go
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially if somebody's
0: wearing it. And they're
2: like, sign my shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, uh, how? You know, stand still. <laughs> that no, still didn't work.
0: Where's the worst place you've given an autograph at?
2: Uh, I remember the worst time I ever had. We were at this county fair uh, back in East Tennessee somewhere, and it was so hot. And I wanted to do it. I, mm-hmm. I always enjoy that part of meeting people, and uh, that's always been one of my favorite parts because, you know, we don't get to go play if there ain't nobody there to see it. And, right. Uh, and right. people spend their hard-earned money to come out, and they were there to see whatever headliner was headlining, but I was going to make sure I met everybody. But it was so hot, and we had just played, and I'm sweating, and, you know, I'm out there trying to sign it. And just, like, people just, like, kept coming, which was great. But I was tired. I was dehydrated. We had been, you know – out all weekend and i was drinking leading up to this and I was sweating and i was like i'm going to pass out <laughs> and then this lady comes up and just holds a baby out in front of me what and i was like it's what? ricky bobby he's like you, where he signs the baby and ricky bobby i was like no you can't be serious like, <laughs> I'm like no 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 his shirt sign his shirt and so they just held this baby there and i tried and it was the most awkward thing ever and i was like i think we're done now see i would have signed that baby
1: forehead <laughs>
2: That's what, that's what I, they did in the movie And I was like They can't be serious And, and, and then the guy said It's just like Ricky Bobby And I was like Oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> They'll tell that story To their
0: kid one day And they'll be like Who? Who? Yeah right Who the hell's Ricky who, who, Bobby? Who yeah right You know That's one movie I never watched all the way through mm. Really? Dude that movie Never watched all the way through That movie is funny as shit That or Anchorman Oh, those are the classics, man. I'm Ackerman not a Ferrell fan, though. Uh, well, okay, I get it. I but I've only like the only, I think the only Will Ferrell movie I I actually like. is only been two. People forget about Night at the Roxbury. I love that movie.
1: I can't forget about that movie,
0: right? Night at the Roxbury, yeah, with the head, with the <laughs> head. <laughs> you know, every time that song comes on, I start, oh, yeah, that's immediately what
1: I think. It's immediately what that's I, think of. I think of, right?
0: And then Step Brothers, those are the other ones I can. I love I'll Step i get Brothers. behind. But. See,
1: now i never seen Step Brothers. Oh, it's so good. Is Step Brothers good? Go
0: home tonight and watch it. Oh, shit.
1: I'll do that <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> my, my college roommate and I, we watched that movie a I, I, hundred times. It's just so dumb. <laughs> so, it's two grown men acting like kids, and it's hilarious. And I, I, it still came on the other day, and I watched just like a little bit on like TBS or something. I was like, this is
0: still top five comedies <laughs> oh, shit. for me. Yeah. Too bad they made some bad things after that. Some they bad movies sure after did. that. <laughs> they, 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 hit, they hit some Rocky Road after that. They hit some Rocky Road after that But there was that some movie.
2: good after that, too. The, uh, Will Ferrell, the, the other guys. I
0: thought that was great. great pop was, movie. Yeah. Other guys was good. With him and Mark Mark Wahlberg, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: dude. I almost like Mark Wahlberg better in comedies than I do in action movies. Yeah. I hope he does not cuz he's hear this.
0: I think it shows his, his actual personality. It's very goofy. Yeah, it's yeah. funny as
2: crap. And I just I was I was watching that and then there's some other I guess him and Ted. was amazing. Yes. Yeah, that was so funny. Ted was uh, good. Yeah. Ted's great. Ted yeah. 2. Uh Ted all, 2 was all great. The too. All the Ted's. Uh <laughs> big fan. I had the box set. The uh, <laughs> the uh <laughs> I don't even think there's enough. Stuff. I don't I think, think there's, there's two. enough. It's yeah, just can have a box set.
0: Okay, you, you got him at least
2: three, the trilogy.
0: <laughs> oh man. You know Ted Three's coming out. Ted three has to be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Has coming to hmm To a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: podcast sponsored by Ted Three.
0: <laughs> so, um talk briefly here about your about your song that you had, your cut. He had, uh so I don't know if you know this, Dwayne. Um he had a Tyler Farr cut. Okay. Called I Should Go to Church Sometime. Yeah. And um that is one of my it's it's my top two Tyler Farr songs. Oh man, thanks. Um, and that's long before I knew Brindley Addington wrote that song, but you wrote that with Sarah Allison Turner. Yep. And you wrote it with Michael Hardy, who yep. now is blowing up. Oh, it's Hardy, yeah, the artist known as yeah. Hardy, and he's Hardy. Blowing, up. blowing up. Yeah. Rednecker is a great song. Uh, I get a second. I don't so have. I, I don't have a redneck, but <laughs> Rednecker is it's a great song. <laughs> I don't know if it's something I can relate to on that, no. that level of things. <laughs> Black neck, that we can talk about that for a moment. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those oh of you don't God. know, <laughs> just look at the pictures. You know, the you yeah. thing
2: about being a redneck it's on the inside. It's guys. on the inside. It's, yeah, being redneck is on the
0: inside. I think. The, I think everyone I think has a little saved. bit of redneck the inside. Then. Oh right. yeah. See, it's, see. now we're going now we're going a whole different direction yeah, in this conversation.
2: A, the theology of redneckism with y'all if you want.
0: Well, it, well, here's the thing. I, I agree with you, but I think that with with, with us African Americans, you know, we got to be we got to be you know, socially correct on things. Right. Us African Americans, I think we call it the hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hood. We call it the hood. the hood. That hoodness comes out. Yeah. Which y'all, y'all call yeah. it redneck. Yeah, I I call it hood bonics. Yeah, ebonics. (laughs) No, hood hood bonics. Hood hood bonics. We might edit this part out of this podcast. (laughs) Maybe not. This is actually really good. Maybe not. Probably probably won't edit that out. No, we're not going to fit anybody. We're going to ride.
2: Well, growing up in East Tennessee, like, people around us, like, redneck was, like, a bad thing. Like, right. Around us, it was like, oh, he's a redneck. And there was more of what everybody was more into calling it you know, hillbilly. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that was kind of the thing that everybody was saying, you know, oh, they, this guy, he's a he's a hillbilly, you know, that kind of thing. And I learned something very important the other day. And I was like, man, I never really understood the difference because it seemed very similar to me. Right. And uh, my, I would say, oh, I was redneck. My dad would like, say hillbilly, you know. And I was like, well, what's the difference? And the difference in a redneck and a hillbilly is a redneck will kill you and a hillbilly
0: will keep you. I learned that the other day. (laughs) There's no difference in (laughs) hood and (laughs) bonnets. There ain't no difference. That was a bad joke. There's no no difference. Mm -hmm. But a a redneck, Wow. I just, you know, I'm I, now I'm now re- rethinking All of my white friends now <laughs> hey, I just I just got educated tonight huh? I just got educated It's a terrible joke Yeah
1: Wow Stick around <laughs> right. folks There's it's, more terrible jokes Yeah <laughs> right up.
0: Oh man So now Alright so Let's go back to the song here. Yeah we Oh yeah What were
2: we talking about We were talking <laughs> Yeah.
0: Go, I mean, let me reel this back yeah. in To like the right direction decorrer. here Yeah uh, So wh- How did that song come about Like well, um, it's funny, we were at the,
2: uh, when I was riding at Hori Pro, we did a retreat every fall, and we would go to this cabin in East Tennessee on the river out there, and it was an amazing retreat, and, you know, there's about 10 or 12 of us riders, and we'd mm-hmm. all kind of pair off, and we'd draw out of a hat in the morning for whoever got to ride together, and I drew Hardy and um, Sarah Turner, and um, we went down there, and we went in one of the rooms, we were just kind of crammed in wherever, right. in this cabin, and. Uh, she's like, I've got an idea. It's kind of heavy. Uh, if you guys are willing to go there, you know, we can, you know, let's, let's go for it. And I was like, okay, sure. I, I like I like deep meaty songs. I, you know, probably why I don't have more cuts. But the uh, <laughs> that's why you should have cuts. Well, them. Right. thank you. But uh, no, I I never shy away from that. That's the stuff that brought me here. It's the stuff that gets me excited. And said it's it's tough. It's on the religious side too. And I, so I was like, okay, but I want to hear it. Should, I should go to church sometime And I was just immediately I looked at Hardy And we were just like That's something I feel like A lot of people feel And I was like Man we've we got to write this And It's a killer song Yeah and just the title Just like You know And, and then immediately Hardy just started Playing the chords and, and we just started Spitting stuff out I mean I think we wrote it In 45 minutes Like it just fell out And Wow We just We're talking about Our own experiences Of you know Sometimes You know If you grow up in church Like I think all three of us did You know And you don't go As you get older You kind of get on your own And yeah, you know Life goes on you're Like man You want to sleep in On a Sunday Or stuff mm-hmm. like that You kind of you Sometimes when things happen A certain way Something bad happens Or you know Somebody passes away Or you know It's Christmas and Easter Like you feel bad
0: If you don't go And mm-hmm. I, that was what We talked about And it was just You know It's. I listened to it on the way here, um, for the 500th time. Um, (laughs) I listened to it on the way here, and just like, I had my I had my uh, my windows open and my sunroof open, and I was at a stoplight, and the guy was like, he had his window down, he he was like, "That's a damn good song!" Like he yelled across, "I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go interview the writer now." but yeah but it just shows you that, that like how music something you can put on a piece of paper and add some you know three four chords to yeah can change someone or can can touch someone even when they're not even intentionally listening to a song and that's how powerful that song is that song is very it's a very powerful song well,
2: thank you and very I, powerful I, song the stuff i've heard from it and i'm just i was just grateful to be in the room with them that day and just like that we were all immediately on the same page about what we wanted to say about it and right. we wanted it to connect with people and we wanted it to be real and so you know we didn't try to clean it up or make it radio friendly or anything like that we just wanted to tell the truth and it ended up being all three of our first cut and first single which was you know that's and, some people are here for years and years and years and never get either and so like that was a moment of definite thankfulness for mm-hmm. me and like, yeah, I better
1: I better go to church after that and <laughs> I had a pretty good streak there for a while <laughs> it's like, I better go well that says a lot because you know what I'm saying you, some writers get in the room and it lasts like three or four hours yeah. you said y'all wrote that in 45 minutes
2: yeah it, it felt that I mean we were done before everybody else that day I remember and we people came out and we were sitting on the back porch <laughs> drinking beer and everybody's looking at it like what are y'all doing like, we're done <laughs> and then we knew a cool thing about that is you know and it didn't really happen much at these retreats. We don't just sit around listening to the songs unless somebody writes a you know a banger or something, and they made us get our guitars out and play it for everybody. And just watching everybody's faces because I let them sing it. I just sat back and played, and I was just kind of watching and see how people react. I mean, that's my favorite part of playing mm-hmm. writer's rounds and stuff is like sit back and watch how people react. And all the writers and you know people who know how to write songs are sitting there like yeah, damn dude. Like and I was like okay, I think we got something here, but. I always get weird around that too. I'm like, don't let's, don't screw it up. (laughs) You know? So I was like, we did something wrong, but, uh, that was a cool moment. And I mean, it it happened really fast too. I mean, we, we got it back from that retreat about a month later, he put it on hold and a month later that he recorded it. And then it came out a couple months after that, it went really quick.
0: That normally doesn't happen. That does not happen. I
2: I know that. And I'm very, still very grateful. Yeah.
0: For, for all those people who, who don't know, uh, if an artist put it on hold, doesn't mean it has to be on that album that's coming out next. It can just sit on hold for a long time. It will sit on hold sometimes forever. I think though. there was a. I think someone told me that. Um, and I think this is correct. But Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flats. It sat on hold for 10 years. Yep.
1: What? What? What?
0: Yeah. 10 years? 10 years. That makes with no someone, sense. Man. It, with someone. It wasn't necessarily Rascal Flats, but it was on hold. But ten years for some with someone else. Yeah. And then Rascal Flats heard it and then they the whoever let go of it and gave it to Rascal Flats and let Rascal Flats record it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they because it changed their damn career. Right. Absolutely. Um but yeah, that's just, that's that's uh that's uh music's just very powerful. So that's I mean that's how that's how that business works on that hold, man. Yeah,
2: and you never know. I mean I've I've the longest hold I ever had was sixteen months. Mm. Not that I was counting. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it, 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 16 months, it, 2 hours, and 34 it, minutes. You try not to. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, 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 there was a time I knew the minutes. But uh, that was, you know, 4 or 5 years ago. And it was it was my first, like, really big artist that held anything of mine. Because I had a bunch of new artists hold stuff. And it's all cool. And I'm you know grateful for every hold or even just somebody emailing back and saying, hey, we really like this. Mm-hmm, but, right. um, you know, that – you, you think about it, but you try not to where it holds you up, where you can't go ride anything else. You want to move on to the next thing so you can keep the flow going. And but those those holds, holds can weigh you down a little bit. And then like you know somebody holds it for a year and a half, and then you're like, yeah, we don't want it or it didn't make the record. And then you're you know trying to figure out what to do. And just sometimes songs like they go out of season. You know it's right. like maybe it's cool for that time and then not cool anymore. But you're like, man, I still love that song, and you just don't know what to right. you know what to right. do with it. But it's just part of the game, man. It's it's how it's been, and you know you're grateful to have them when you get them, and they can, they can be a little nerve wracking though, if you especially if you really care about a song, right? right. Like I did with, the, with this one. Like it like it went on hold. I was like, oh man, what's going to happen? And then it went, went bing bang boom, and we're just like, oh okay. and again, still incredibly proud of that song. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, so who's
0: your um, dream artist to have a cut with?
2: Oh man. I think everybody still, even though he's kind of, you know, in a different part of his career, I think everybody still wants a George Strait cut. Um, oh. I had some buddies just get Who on the Who doesn't deal. want
0: one? I know. Like, I, he, want, I want one. I want one. Uh, I'm not even yeah, a writer. Yeah, I yeah. want one. I want, I want one.
2: Yeah, yeah anybody want, <laughs> wants one. My mailman wants one. The funny thing, like, you know, uh, I have a, a writer friend of mine, and he had had multiple number ones mm-hmm. as a writer. I mean, he's a legit writer. And he had told me he he got a George Strait cut. And he said I find he had been in town for twenty years. And he's like I finally feel like I'm here because that was his guy. And wow! I never forgot that. And I, you know, one of my early mentors was the same way. He had had number ones with other artists, and he said I finally felt like a real writer once I got a George Strait cut because he is so good at picking songs.
0: He's, he's very good at picking songs, and it's it's crazy, um, it's crazy to think how many number ones he's had. Mm-hmm. 60. And I, sixteen or ones, and I think he's on the verge of having sixty-one. Yeah, this new one's this great. new one is just like holy shit, George. Yeah. Do, yeah. Like, do you ever just stop? He's not done. Man. Like, <laughs> do, like, do you ever just stop kicking out hits? That's why he's the king. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty. It's pretty cool. George Strait would be great to. Yeah. to I. You, you talk more about the meaningful side of songs and, and playing those meaningful and hit home and yeah. songs. Tim McGraw. Well, yes, he's one of them.
2: He's the kind of the I think he and Blake Shelton are the modern versions of George. Of George. The, the current right now yes. version. Yes. Because they uh, – I can see that. I know Blake's been doing more writing recently, but those are guys that take a lot of outside songs. Yes. And, and they have great ears. Yeah. They've heard the best songs in town. They have the best ears. And McGraw and Blake would be – those are those are my guys right now that I just – like. you got me on one of those, I'd be like – all right, man. we're gonna put I that, that like out I'm to the universe now.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's out there. Put that out in the universe. Come on, Tim. Come on, Blake. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, they're gonna hear this
2: podcast. I'm like, hey, I should listen to these guys. This guy's song. That's funny because I actually reached out <laughs> to Blake's team yesterday. Did you? <laughs> Did
0: you That's play him any right. of my songs? Not yet. <laughs> when it when and if he comes on the show, I'll right. definitely play one you of your play, songs. I'll send you a few. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, by the way. We had this guest, and you really should listen to some of his music. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that would be really cool. I mean, that's a, that's a dream come true for a lot of, a lot of songwriters. Oh, yeah. George Strait, Tim McGraw, yeah, Blake John, and You're absolutely right. You hit it on the head with it. Uh, Tim and Blake are the modern-day George Strait. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how it takes two artists to, to make one giant artist, basically? To make one George Strait. <laughs> that's crazy. Two people to two make people. one. Two right. people. That's crazy. So that's All right, so how long have you been in town, man?
2: Um, this August will be 11 years.
1: And you're still doing it. you still, and you're doing, still it. doing it. You That's didn't give I'm up when about. they let me. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people, they'll come to town and everything, and they'll try, and then they're just like, it's not it's not happening. I'm done. I'm leaving yeah. and stuff. The fact that you're sticking it out and doing it, but you're making noise, though. Mm. You're making noise. That's great, mm.
2: man. I hope so. And, I, you know, I'm, I feel, again, just grateful to be here as long as I have been and get to be a part of it still and i've I've, a lot of friends i went to school with or you know played with have moved on to other fields or moved home or right you know which there's nothing wrong with that that's you know that's that's the path you know everybody's got a different one and i i I love mine it's you know there's been ups and downs it hasn't been all easy right and i mean 11 years 10 years is a long time and uh,
0: what's what's your what's your hardest moment during like when was when was the time in the it's 11 years like you said that's a long damn time. I've been here for 9. I've been here all my life. Yeah, you've been here all your life. You're 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 a unicorn in this city. Uh, yes. Um <laughs> um you deal. and our photographer's wife Ashlyn here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are unicorns in Nashville. this town. Yeah. <laughs> um, um so so being here, it's that's a long damn time, but when 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 in the in the 10 years that you've been there, how when's the time That you have felt the most defeated that you that you felt like you actually overcome you overcame a defeat that really hit home for you
2: back in it's kind of a long period of time but back in 2016 i'd been out of a deal a publishing deal for a long time and i'd been out on the road just slugging it out and kept it going but you know i love writing songs and i I was missing that part of my life and you know, it's very different writing solo versus writing within a publishing company when you have a team around you and people that get you that are helping you get songs cut and, you know, just helping you like, hey, you could do better. Or, hey, this second verse doesn't make sense. Go look at it again. I love that. And I, so I, I, you know, made my way over to Hori Pro. And um, I decided, I was like, you know, I, I've been on the road so long. I've been on the road like five or six years straight, just every weekend as much as I could be out there um, doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, we would go open for people and then we would go play four hour bar sets. And, you know, that was starting to wear on me. And I was like, man, I'm not getting to play my songs. I'm a you know good writer. I felt like it. And I was like, you know, I, I believe in myself. I want to give myself a chance. So I'm going to go off the road for a little while and just write songs. And for, you know, I, I said, I was going to give it a year and I gave it a year and at the end of that year, I felt really good, and I was like, you know, I think if I give it another year, and I, I miss play, I was still playing a little, right, right. But I, I really felt like if I gave it a little more time, that I was like really going to come into like my own as a writer, and then that's what happened. I started, you know, all this stuff, and I kind of lost a little bit of the artist thing in the middle of that. The artist thing, I hate saying that, but uh, you know, my artist vision and stuff, and I, I just felt really lost and. It kind of bled back over into my writing, like, well, what am I doing? And you know, I felt like I'd kind of missed out, and I was like, well, should I've been just writing this whole time? And I kind of just went back and forth, and just felt really lost, and uh, and that kind of led into the end of, you know, or towards the end of 2017. And one day, I was just talking to somebody about how frustrated I was, and it's like, why haven't you made your country record yet? It's like well, all my records are country, you know. It's like no, nah, you like old school '90s, twangy, honky tonk country music. Yeah, why haven't you made that record yet? And I was like, I don't know. And like I just left the conversation. I was driving home, and I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, and I was just like, that's what I've been missing. I've been, I just hadn't been writing many of those songs. Right. I've been, you know, writing for the radio, trying to get there, and then you know, here comes along John party and here comes along Midland and William Michael Morgan and a bunch of other like really country R- artists. And I'm like, yeah, there's a place for this. And this is what I do. Okay. And the light come on and it, it sounds kind of shallow into the pool, but I mean, that was like, I really did feel lost. I was like, man, what am I even doing here? Like, I, I don't know if I'm a writer. I don't know if I'm an artist. I don't know if I'm even supposed to be here. I, and, and it was hard. And, you know, there was even some hard moments last year. And, um, you know putting out the record and everything and you know you're an independent artist there are times when you do a lot of stuff on your own and you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you're even though you've got great people around you that are helping you and that are believing in you like sometimes when you don't feel believed in it's easy to feel lost Mm -hmm. and i definitely have felt that and that's that's been my darkest time but i will i will say you know you know as bad as that was um I, i i give thanks because i look around and there's some people i've had it a lot harder than me i've actually been very lucky well, i've been here and right, very right. blessed you're talking about feeling blessed earlier yeah. I, I, I feel that every day and even when it's hard and frustrating and you're wondering it's like man i hadn't had a cut in a while or you know this person's doing this it's so easy to compare which i, I i've had to work on like not comparing myself to other people and mm-hmm. getting out the yard sticking oh well he got farther than i did you know and he's only been here three months and there was a there was a time probably four or five years ago that really bothered me, but now it's just it's cool because if somebody's really talented, it, it
0: doesn't matter. There's not a timetable on it, there, right? There isn't. But yeah, you know, yeah. Look, look at Chris Stapleton, right? Yeah. Been around forever. Been dude. around forever. And then I then remember then. I remember going to see him for ten dollars. <laughs> right? Can't do that now. <laughs> Can't do that now. <laughs> I remember I was down in
1: Athens, Georgia, and I remember I walked in this club, and it was the, it was this guy up there. And he was singing, and it was just like a shadow. And you just see the shadow of him and I was like, Who is this dude up here that's wailing like this? And then next thing you know, the whole concert was like that. You never saw him. You just saw this silhouette of him. Right. And then he finally came off the stage and everything. And this guy named Bruce Birch introduced me to him. He's like, Man, this is Chris Staple. Then I was like, Dude, you can fucking sing, bro. And back then
0: he wasn't even popping. But now it's just like you can't man, he's everywhere. It's 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 seeing him it's just it's just like it's it's insane to see I always love watching artists grow. Especially living here in town. Like you you know, now we have a lot of like we all, all three of us have a lot of friends who are who are big artists now mm-hmm. or big songwriters. Yeah. But we all remember when when they were just another songwriter, just another artist trying to make it in town. Yeah. And it's it's I don't think there's a greater feeling than finding a friend or finding an artist you can watch from beginning to the point they're in now. And it's like, holy shit, I remember when. I can say I remember when. And yeah. I think that's the coolest feeling It is in this industry.
2: Yeah. It is. And like I said, there was a time where there, there I, with, with that, and it was something I really had to work on, was, you know, it's easy to let when you're competing, which mm-hmm. we shouldn't be competing, it's music. We should just be making good music and everybody right. enjoys it. But um, I didn't see it that way for a while, and, you know, you let jealousy creep in. And and now it's it really is, like, one of my favorite things to see somebody I know that's been busting their ass for, you know, five, six years, ten years, longer, 20 years, you know, enjoy their success. It's it's awesome. It pumps you up. It's like, all right, I'm going to keep working. Right. You know, for me as a puzzle, like, why did they get that, you know? And right. I think a lot of people deal with that, and I have friends that – you know we all get frustrated from time to time just because it's a tough business but it's so rewarding if you can find the joys in it and I find a lot of joy in watching my friends succeed and you know several of my friends had great years last year and it like it pumped me up and it you know it's easy to not you can miss that you can miss the good in seeing somebody grow and see like finally you see their
0: hard work pay off and makes you want to work harder. And it's crazy cuz my you know my grandma would always tell me you know always be happy for someone who's successful. Cuz if you're not happy for someone who's successful that you know then it kind of blocks your blessing. Yep.
1: Okay. Pre- yeah. Hey, preach. preach grandma. Come on.
0: Preach. preach grandma. She right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's like so I've always I've always and, I, and like you said we've all dealt with that. We've all dealt with being able to uh, you know deal with why why them not me? Yeah, you know my resume's better, right. or you know kind of thing. My mm-hmm. talent's better than them. You know, <laughs> we've all dealt with that right. at some point in time in our careers. It's just like we all we always that's just something we have to we always have to grow and shake off from that.
1: Again, I'm from Nashville. You know what I'm saying? I grew up on country music. I'm just glad to see real country music coming back again. Yeah. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked all the the pop country as you want to call it and everything. But man, sometimes man, country music just tells stories. Yeah, you know, and and I think the art of storytelling kind of got missed. But I just love the fact that it's coming back full circle again right. and coming hard. Like man, when I was listening to your EP, I was like, Hell yeah, bro! Okay, Thanks, I'll pop, I'll pop it in, give it a spin more than
2: once. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that.
2: Appreciate the spins,
1: uh, man. I
2: I, I appreciate any time I hear anybody say that because that that's what it is to me is i love the sound but more than anything i do love the storytelling and that's the stuff i, I get that from you know growing up my what my parents listened to that my mom listened to country and pop music and my dad was listening to like singer songwriters of james taylor jim croce yeah. stuff like that and you know some bluegrass stuff and so it all kind of mixed together to form the country yeah. influence that i ended up with and you know, I'm a child of, you know, born in 88, you know, 90s country is what I came up on. And they were telling stories. They were, they were breaking your heart. They're making you want to tap your toe, drink a beer. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't, but waited until at least lie. fifth grade. He's lying to everybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, I... I, I just I miss that storytelling And it is coming back And like yeah. I There for a minute I like I, You know I try to stay up on new music Because one I'm a fan And two It's like For my job I think I need to know What's going on And then for a right. while like Man this is so hard To listen to This is as deep As a birdbath And you know the, These songs Like are, are, You're slowly starting to Yeah sorry Another bad joke But um <laughs> No that's fucking um, shit cause I actually
0: got it I got I got I got I got,
2: I got more um, Again pe- People are going to get To the birdbath thing And turn this thing off it's going um, to be an urban yeah. dictionary. Right there. <laughs> yeah, urban. I can hear the people <laughs> typing now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just glad to hear there being stories and people being willing to be emotional and be willing to share Deeper things than just beer cans and truck beds, and there's a place for that too. Because sometimes you want that. It's summertime coming up. Right. Everybody wants to have a good time. I mean, my last record was songs from a bar. You know, so it's like I fucking love. Thank you. And uh, available now on iTunes and Spotify. It's everywhere music is sold. Um, (laughs) So just check it out, or check BrinleyAddington.com. The um, and this is the (laughs) sales pitch portion. But no, uh, seriously, the stories and like connecting and. That's what to me was missing for a while and why like I think that's why I in my mind I thought I didn't like pop country or air quotes pop country but I loved a lot of the left of center or left of country stuff that right. was coming out I really did and you know the good ones were the ones telling stories and that's always going to be my favorite kind of a song is one that makes me feel something or takes me somewhere I can visualize it or that's my favorite stuff. So I, I think we're in a really great spot right now in country music because there's a little something for everybody, and that's yeah. that's when everybody wins.
1: Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's like I, I was listening to to your record, man, and – Wait a minute, hold on. I got to pull – I don't even want to misquote the song, man. Um, it is called If I Don't Have a Honky Tonk. <laughs> man, I feel you, man. If I go to heaven, <laughs> and which I am going – and I see you there. Praise I Jesus. Yeah, I see y'all. Praise Jesus.
0: <laughs> but I'm saying I don't my see grandma that. is not gonna listen to this podcast at all.
1: But man, if I don't see if I don't see those swinging doors up up there, man, nah, man. Nah. Mm, 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 mm.
2: Yeah, man. It's funny. Uh, my buddies uh, Ryan Heard, Aaron S. Heiss, and Neil Mason wrote that song, and I heard Ryan play it one time. And you know, we we're making the record, and I was kind of missing some things. I said, "Will you send me some stuff?" And I remembered that song, and I said, "Do you have this song?" And he sent it to me, and I was just like, that is just how I feel. It's like, if heaven is the place you go at the end of your life, and, <laughs> you you know, it's full of all the things you love, all your family's there. And right. You get to be with Jesus, and, you know, there's the crystal stream, and I'm, I picture myself fishing in that thing. And, uh, you know, streets of gold and everything. I was like, there's got to be a bar. There's got
0: to be a bar. You, I mean, there's got to be a club, too, because yeah. Michael Jackson's up there, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Michael Jackson Prince. Michael Jackson yeah. Prince. Well, like, Whitney Houston. Where are all of our musical Tupac, heroes going to play? Aretha Aretha Franklin, Tupac, right. Biggie. where going? Yeah, yeah, there's got to go?
2: be performance venues
0: up it's, there. There's got to
2: be. And I picture there being a honky tonk, and you can go in and like you know Conway Twitty's and they're playing, and all y'all you know, Hank Williams is doing a set somewhere, and you like. I'm, believe we're gonna see that i, I mean maybe that i'm, I'm wrong I, i'm you know i'm hopeful but that's what that song made me think and I, it made me smile and i, I those guys were nice enough to let me cut it and
0: i'm no, proud of that one nice and it rocks it, it goes over great life that's i mean that's just that's just amazing so let's talk about no thanks all right talk about country music and we talk about brinley addington and you had a video on cmt mm-hmm. for it how cool first of all how cool was it because I know you, 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 you said you were born in 88. I was born in the 90s. I didn't get in the country music until till 2005. But... Well, you came around, though. I came around. <laughs> I came around. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to everything else. Yeah, no, that's good. You know? Um, but how, I always ask every artist friend who who got get their first video on CMT. How was that?
2: Well, I mean, again, talking about like my family's influence and stuff. And like, in the summers, as my parents were working, I would stay with my grandmother and... I remember, she, I, I remember being a very low maintenance kid because she just put CMT on. I'd sit there in the floor and just watch videos, one right after the other, and that's how I learned a lot of music. And mm-hmm. um, I would sit there and I would watch these videos, and it was incredible. And uh, just all these stars and these amazing songs, and it put a picture and it put a name to a face. And right. you're just listening to the radio, or you know, you don't have the CD or cassette at the time. Um, dating myself. So hard right now, uh, but it, it meant a lot. I was like, you know, when we went over there, and you know, they were also all the folks at CMT were incredibly gracious and helpful. Right. And like, what can we do? What can we do? And they, you know, featured me on some things. And um, so shout out to CMT. Thank you so much for that. That is and, great. Uh, that's
0: it's great. It um, was a, it was
2: a cool moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was shot here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, Springwater Dive. Yeah, yeah. It was that was it was a that's that's about his country. Nowadays, as I get, is no thanks. Yep. Um, I think it's about as country as anyone can get nowadays, really. Because it was, I mean, that's a good thing. It's like, yeah. there's, there's, that's, that solidifies country music. That is, that is, that falls into the George Straits, the Allen Jacksons of the 90s. Man. That yeah. falls into that, you know what I mean? That, that category. And it's just, it's just something that's so unique nowadays. Even though you have you know three or four artists who are doing it now, sure, um, but it's still unique because it's not what's on, popular on a constant basis, right? And but but for you to do that, um, and to stay true to yourself, which is very hard to do in this industry. Yeah, I had a buddy tell me that you can't be you can't make it as in an industry. You can't make it. You can't become successful if you're not yourself. Yeah, and I, I've had more people pay attention to this record than any
2: of the previous records I've done because I feel like I was really myself on this. And that song is another one I didn't write. Uh, my friends Ryan Beaver, uh, Brett Tyler, and Will Weatherly wrote this one. I remember uh, Ryan uh, playing it for me in the car. He's like, check this out. I just think, I think you'll like it. And he played it for me. I was like, this is not only a hit, but this is like exactly how I feel about going out. I don't want to go nowhere fancy. I don't want to go to the club very often. Uh-huh. I like a little hole in the wall dive bar, which is why we picked Springwater to shoot the video. And I was like, that's my kind of place. And um uh, so it just I mean from the second I heard it I was like, you know, and i I try to write everything but I'm also wanna be one of those guys like a Tim McGraw or a George Schrader or right. Blake Shelton or that can hear a great song and be like, okay, that that's I couldn't have said that better and it's it's what we needed And we kind of built the album Around that song After that I was like Man wouldn't it be cool To do a kind of a theme EP of Bar and Honky tonking songs And mm-hmm. That I, I, That's a special song to me It's done a lot for me And I have people Come up to me all the time And Just say no thanks, or like if I ask them for something, they'll be like no thanks, and they'll look at me like yeah I get it yeah yeah
0: (laughs) like yeah no I get it that's
2: that's my song
0: and I'm gonna put that on the Uh, show I'm gonna do that from now on you're gonna hate me by the time every time I see a red dot no thanks thanks. or, or
2: people or people like I'll I'll reply to them like hey can I get you anything I'm like no thanks and my friends will be looking at me like ah. Uh, <laughs> you see what he did? I'm like, I was just saying no thank you to the nice waitress lady, you know, <laughs> like, but it's it's kind of taken on its own thing, and it, that makes me laugh. So
0: you should start a hashtag. Did you do a hashtag. Oh yeah, we that? did a hashtag no thanks. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it was, it's out there. Okay, I'm the, I'm A lot the, of other
2: people on it too, not just me. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty common. That's a
0: pretty common <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, funny so stuff on there. You also are a part of a group. Uh oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what what?
0: That I didn't realize you were a part of you ever heard of a group, Dwayne, called Google Me, Please? Or Google Us? Google Us. Google Us, Please? Yes. He's a part of that group. Who is all in that group? Is yeah. Andrew Cohen mm-hmm. in that group? There's Andrew you. is
2: our manager. Hey. Uh, it's me, uh, Ryan Beaver, Ryan Hurd, Brett Tyler, Aaron S. Eshise, Mike Walker, uh, Phil Lawson, Joe Damn. Clemens, uh, Joey Hyde. There's so many of us now. I'm trying not to forget somebody. They're going to kill me.
0: Um, <laughs> I put them on a the spot, guys. Yeah, put you really spot. did, Matt
2: McGinn, uh, Miles McPherson, Derek Wells. Uh, yeah, it's man, pretty, it's, 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 it's it's a lot. It's a lot of people. There's 12 of us. Yeah, and um, it started as a text chain, and um, it really just we were just you know just buddies talking. And one night, we were, we went on a trip up to uh, Bardstown, Kentucky, to do the Bourbon Trail, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. And we toured all of these distilleries, and we uh, we ended up in this little bar after, and there's this local band playing. And somebody said, well, wouldn't it be funny if we tipped them? We got up there and played, and that's what we did. And we got done, and these guys, and we, I mean, world-class musicians were right. getting up there and... We're just, CMA
0: award winners and CMA yeah, nominees. Yeah, absolutely, group. Yeah, uh, and a, and Derek and
2: Miles have won
0: ACMs, yeah. but we
2: claim them as a group. Yeah, we're two, yeah. we are two time ACM award winning group. Course, yeah, ways. I
0: saw that on the Instagram.
2: Yeah, and we we boast uh, two billion streams combined <laughs> with all of our writing, <laughs> playing. Yep. We we collectively have two billion streams. Yep. Um <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a it started as running jokes. So we played and we got done, and this guy was like. What do you call yourselves? And I, I think it might have been Derek. I said, "Man, just Google us," and we all just laughed. And like it was, he was just being funny. And then like later, I was like, "Well, that's what we're calling this band." And we were sitting in the basement at Old Sutler, me and McGinn and uh, Aaron and Derek. I was like, "We should play sometime. We should just do it." And so I, I'd been playing a lot of the Tin Roof bars, and I was like, "I can book us a Tin Roof thing." I just I'd send a text. And I asked if they had a certain weekend available in we Texas and when we everybody could do it. And next thing you know, we're going to uh, North and South Carolina to play. And we just we play these <laughs> three-hour goofy cover sets. And they're so much fun. They are so much fun. I've and never
0: been to a Google Us show.
2: They're very uh, sparse.
0: Yeah. I just had
2: one recently. Mm-hmm. We played over at Joe's Bar in Chicago. Ed, is, he loves us for
0: whatever reason. we We're a mess. <laughs> And he loves us. Your next one, you gotta let me know because I, I will. I will make the drive and I will go. Yeah,
2: it's always going to be out of town. When we have one yeah. rule with Google, us and that's that we never play Nashville. Hey, I just want to be a member. It's uh, if you need a producer,
1: arrange your guy. <laughs> hey, I got you. I got you all day. I, I keep that in mind. <laughs> okay.
2: We uh, it's a very selective process. You have to. You have to. There, all of us are founding members, and we have not really ever added anybody. But it's been a, uh, it's a very exclusive club. I'm not really even sure what the criteria is because we haven't added anybody. <laughs> so it may just be kind of a standing, somebody may have to die. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, it, which, you know, some of the weekends we've had, it, it's a wonder no one did. But um, you stick that many people, yahoos in a bus and send them somewhere, it gets a little wild, but That's funny. it's so much fun that we get to act, like we all play music, but rarely do all of us get to get together and play music together. Right. So it's just a fun excuse to get your buddies together and go have some
0: fun and knock back a few beers and not take it serious. For those of you, who, he, he he stopped talking because my my facial expression for Dwayne right now it was hilarious because Dwayne is smoking a Tabac Dose over there, and which is which is a very smooth cigar. It's very smooth. Let me
1: tell you, this this cigar tastes like coffee, sugar and cream. Like, when they cut it, and as soon as you put it in your mouth, man, you can taste it. This is a smooth ass cigar. Y'all better get one. That's all I got to say. That's, but,
0: but the thing about it was that he was just... Did you see the donuts he was yeah, making out of that smoke, smoke? rings over here. He, I was, just, I was did like, you man, this was a pro. And one turned into a, turned into a heart. He doesn't smoke <laughs> cigars. <laughs> well, he he knows the cool that. party he trips, Yeah. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I'm over here just trying to hang on to my what is this? This is a Monte Cristo white series mm. and it is also very smooth. Yeah. And I took the recommendation of Larry, the proprietor here. He could not have been more nice. And he took us in the humidor there, which the, the he just told me is the largest humidor in Nashville.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm not gonna name any other names, but I've been in I've been in a couple other cigar shops and uh yeah. <laughs> compared to the won't let one, you come back. They won't they won't let me uh, come back if I name any other <laughs> names. <laughs> That's not what this is for, man. Uh Nope. <laughs> I got the uh the the Grupo de uh, Maestro, which is their private batch. So he was telling us a story about how, you know, it this is this cigar, the wrapping of the cigar is from two thousand and eight. So they wrap them and then they send them in, in the humidor. For eight for – it's been 10 years now, 11 years. So this is actually, as he said, smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. I did taste a little bit butter in this, not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. Not going to lie. Your face, when you tasted it the first
2: time, your eyes were as big as softballs. You 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 will see – oh, there's a picture. I know you're an aficionado. Our our
0: photographer here, Daniel, showed me me the picture. (laughs) And you will see the picture on our Instagram. Um, you will see that, and, and the caption will probably be "Holy shit! I've never had a cigar like this before." <laughs> I believe it. Your face, man, it was amazing. I was like, Shoot, did
1: I get the wrong one. I know. We all had to step back, like you said, give you a moment. Like that was yeah. a moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think was, I saw him crying. I a little tear coming down. My face.
0: I felt like crying, you know, a tear of like joy. the wind coming through my face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a new song coming up? I do. What's the name of it? Called "Come Back," come back. So it's not on the EP. It's not. It's a standalone single. Single. It's it's a
2: funny thing. I've always released stuff with the intent of releasing an album or an EP. But I wrote this song last year in January, and it just stuck with me all year long. And I, I wrote it by myself in my house. I was just kind of noodling, and there's some, you know, kind of coming from a real place at the time. And I wrote this song, and I kind of put it down, and I didn't think anything about it. And it just kept coming back up, mm-hmm. and it just like I, when I found myself just killing time at my house, you know, I would play, all, you know, all my old favorites, and, and somewhere in the middle, I would just come back to this song and start playing. It. I liked, I liked the way it sings, you know, and I wrote it by myself, and I was like, man, I'm always leery of putting out stuff I wrote by myself because there's nobody you can blame if it sucks. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, that was me. You know, it's like, no, it's like, no that was the other can't, guy. Was can't like, blame Michael Hardy you, you on that can't one. can't blame Michael <laughs> Hardy for that one. No. Blame, blame the track guy. You know, you can't blame nobody for it. I was just, so I'm always really leery of that. And I've only put out a couple. Prior to this one, I only put two other ones out, and they were a part of albums and kind of okay. smaller part of the albums. Right. Except this other song called As Long as You Love Me that just blew up back in the way back. Remember that song? Been in a bunch of weddings and stuff. And that's the last time I really felt good about one I wrote by myself. But this one, I just, something to me was just like, man, I have to put this out. And I don't know what the plan is following up to it or anything, but it's just, it means a lot to me. It was born from experiences I was going through at the time. And um, it's about, you know, you've heard the old expression, you know, if you love something, set it free. And uh I was kind of going through something with that and uh, you know uh and I think the where I was at it was like I knew I had to let go. Right. And um you can hold on and you can squeeze the fire out of something but like you know it's not ever really going to go be what it needs to be if you don't let it go and it was the first time I would ever like practiced that and you know it didn't end up working out but the song came out of it and it was a really tough thing but like that song it, to me is something Kind of wonderful that was born out of a tough time, and I think a lot of people that anybody's ever done long distance or, you know, had to let go of somebody whether that's you know a breakup or passing away or whatever.
0: You know, I think you have to let go. Please email me this song because I, I I'm known for dating girls long distance. <laughs> it's been kind, of, that's, that's been kind of my thing for the last two, three years. So please send me this song so I can yeah. listen to this song. And I will. So I know. mean, it'll be available everywhere on like Spotify, iTunes, and yeah, all music stream Absolutely. platforms. Right. Oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you beat me to my own plug. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate for. that. And you're pro.
2: Yeah, and I, it's a it's a it's a sweeter song. It's a it's kind of a softer thing. Something we did not do on. Uh, songs from a bar it's a different direction it's a it's still it's country but uh um, shows off a little bit of my bluegrass influence and i'm just really proud of the song and i think man you know it helped me in that time of feeling kind of down about something and i think maybe there's people out there that can identify and you know relate to it and I, that's just my hope is that somebody somewhere is going to hear it back like, man i've been there i've done that right and uh the hook of the song is you know i'm not trying to make you to make you stay but i want you to come back and I explained it to somebody the other day, and I was like, "It's kind of like every light in the house is on." It's like, "You go do what you need to do. I'm going to be here," and that—that's—that uh, was the nice. what I wanted to get across. Wow. And, you know, I, you know, I know you got to go, but
0: no, that's just, cool. I'll,
2: I'll be here if you ever want to come back. That's and, amazing. Yeah, there you go. I'm excited for it to come out. We haven't set a release date, but as soon as I know, I'm going to let you know.
0: That's amazing. Um, that's wow. I'm really relating to this song and I haven't heard it yet.
2: <laughs> I thought you got another cigar the way your face is. I know. <laughs> you,
0: would thi- right? yeah. <laughs> you, you would think, right? Yeah.
2: You would think i having did. having another moment. we're going go to go to commercial. Wow. Commercial <laughs> break.
0: 30 <laughs> second commercial break here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this has been this has been fantastic. Yeah. This has yeah. been fantastic. In, no pub, any pub deals going, coming up? I'm in the hunt. You're in the hunt. Yeah, feeling good about it. We're gonna also put that in the universe as well, right? Oh, you're gonna get one, bro. You're gonna get one. Oh, like there's, there's one. no, I don't, I don't think that. I was same thing with Austin Jenks. Like there is no, I don't think a publishing deal, a pub, a pub company would pass up on guys like you and Austin. You're, you're right. really good friends with Austin. Austin
2: so. is a hell of a singer, man. I uh, we ride a good bit, and I'm actually I'm very happily have one on his new project, which is coming out soon. Yeah, um, we wrote actually about he and his wife how they met. We like, just told that story and. I went back and listened the other day. Actually, he played it for me the other day. I got to hear the cut of it. Oh, nice. Um, We were writing. He's like, "Come out the truck. I want to hear. I want to play it for you." And I, I was blown away. Like I kind of forgot I wrote it for a second. I was like, "Whoever wrote this is great." And I was like, "Oh, now I sound like a jerk." It's like fool, you wrote it with me. Yeah, I know. And I was like, "Man, this is cool." And I was just like, "Man," and it's such a cool story, and it's so honest, and that's what I love about Austin. He's a stand-up guy. You'll never meet a sweeter person. Yeah. And the fact that he just wanted to tell that story of how he met his wife and uh, how they got married, and it, it, I'm really proud of this song. It's called Never Forget. And once his record comes out, y'all are going to get to hear it, and y'all are going to love it too, I hope. And uh, I can't wait to hear it, Dan. Yeah, man. It's uh, Hearing him sing it too is just like you can tell he lived it. And
0: he's the real deal, man. Yeah. I, I, I could talk about that guy. He, he is a real deal. And... and, and you heard him on episode one, um, but he—he he is the real deal. He—he's—he's he's a killer. You're the real deal. You are. Oh man. You are. You're, you're joining. You—you are a part of this this country movement that's coming back. Oh, so glad. It's no back. pun intended. No pun intended ah. Ah. Well that went right over my head too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like What is he doing That's coming that back That was brilliant That was brilliant right Wow Subtle too Yeah right? very subtle This is like well, you get a stick it right on it you yeah. get a, There a you st- go <laughs> <laughs> That motion that I just did with my hand yes. Yeah I didn't see that That was bad S- Smooth like butter <laughs> Just smooth like butter <laughs> <laughs> My god well, That's thank the you. term of the day
2: Thank you for saying that I, That's that's important to me is, uh, I want to write great songs I, And whether it's me singing them or somebody else, you know, I, I just want to. I want to tell the truth. I want to tell a story. I want to connect with people. I want. I want people to hear it and think, "Man, that's country
0: music." That's what got me in the country. It's a story telling. Yeah, that's what got me in the country. Uh, the first song was uh, first country song I ever heard was "Live Like You Were Dying."
2: Oh, mm. it's
0: the first. You'll hear mm, that. We'll one. tell that story one day. But that was the first country song I, I, ever, I ever heard, and then I went, and then it was a drastic change because I was watching on CMT. Yep. And it was a drastic change because the next song after Save a Horse Ride a Cowboy. <laughs> I don't know. And then Redneck Woman. I don't know what stuck with me on that one that day. I don't know. But it just changed my life that day. <laughs> that's a, that, is a, a <laughs> that is a broad yeah, brush. It is a broad brush.
2: All three iconic, are iconic songs of that time. Yes. So what was that, like 2001, 2002? No, that's 2005.
0: Oh, five, yeah. five, six, seven. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Where did the you, time go, man? 2005. <laughs> that was. Uh, let's see. What what was out in 2005? I don't. I couldn't tell you. Besides, I, that. I think that was you. that was the that was the big and rich music mafia yeah. era. That music been they mafia. owned that.
2: Yeah. Oh, they did.
0: They owned that. And then John had John Rich owned that completely. I just listened to another show, uh, and uh, he uh, was talking about how it was hilarious. He had Save a Horse Ride Had a Cowboy coming out one week. To radio, Redneck Woman came out the next week to radio, mm-hmm. and then a lot of people don't know this he wrote Hicktown. Yep, for Jason Aldean.
1: I did not know that. Yeah,
0: he wrote he wrote that that entire album. He he produced and wrote most songs on there. So he had all three of those songs coming out in the same month. So I would love to have that uh, Mailbox Dance.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's got a pretty large mailbox. From yeah, I he year. does. Have you been uh, to one of his house parties? I have, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. I yeah. just remembered.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you on that, bro. The last I've thing just I just remembered.
2: It was after the CMAs, and the last thing I remember was doing a shot with him and Kid Rock, and then the lights went out. So that was, that was my
0: experience. I was like, what am I doing? I a cigar with him. I, I, because he caught me. I'm not proud of this. He caught me stealing one <laughs> Wait a minute, he out was, of his cigar case. <laughs> Mind you, there was like a hundred people there at his party, and this is at his house, guys. He has like a live venue inside of his house. It's an incredible, it's an incredible house. Yes, and I'm like, oh, this is CMA after party. I've had a couple drinks, more than a couple. <laughs> um, this typically what happens. That's just happen- part, of the, that's thing, just part yeah. of the thing. And it's like 2, 3, 3 o'clock in the morning, where all he at the after party is already done. Everyone goes to his house, and I walked over. I saw the cigar case, and I walked over and. Uh, Helped yourself. <laughs> Helped myself there to you it. it right. was cracked open. It was cracked open. So I knew it wasn't supposed to be open. Right. But it was cracked open. And so I went in there and he caught up to me and goes, What are you doing? Well, uh, the door was open, so I figured it was like open to the public. He goes, I'm going to let you have this one. I'm like, okay. And he goes, then I'm going to have this one. I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, let's go sit down. Come on, let's go talk. Whew who was like cut still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least he was cool. About he was cool it. about yeah. it, which, was, which yeah. was really cool. I got to smoke a cigar on his on his balcony with, awesome. with it, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, John, man, I remember like going on his bus and he's like, Dwayne, come up on the bus, man, come hang out. And I'm hanging out with him and everything. He's like, you remember this song? And he played the song. I thought it was gonna be a country song, man. He straight played Slim Thugger. Slim Thugger and was wilding, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, John is turned up." <laughs> Slim Thugger,
0: okay. Cowboy trying to told him a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, this has been a great. Episode. This has been great to sit here and talk with Brinley Addington. I've gotten to know you a lot more. This is because we we always see each other in passing. We never yeah. actually like sat down to have a drink. It's always in passing and it's talking to each a other. Blur at Red Door. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, this is actually great to sit here and get to know you, and get to chit chat and and have a cigar. Yes. yes. You didn't have a whiskey, but because you're on a drink, you're on a no drinking thing right now. Yeah, it's I, understandable. It's
2: been a it's been a bit here this last few weeks. I've for the sake of my health, I've. taking a break (laughs) but um no i appreciate you guys having me this is really cool and thanks for the cigar to larry everybody here at um casa de monte cristo and appreciate you guys this is very laid back and it's been fun to just sit here and Chad and smoke cigars. Yeah, yeah,
1: man. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah, yeah. Come, come back, back. come Great. back, and get, hey, come back. Uh, okay.
2: Look at that. Look at that. Look
0: at that. that. it will be available on now iTunes no and thing all. Is over. <laughs> now the Announced the comeback. It's the comeback. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like be leaving place where I was gonna come back. Come back.
2: Come back. I'm
0: like, oh, okay. I actually do want you to come back because I want you. To, I want you and Austin on, on the same episode. That'd be a blast. Because right. I feel like I feel like there's just gonna be a clash between Austin and 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 Brindley, and we're not gonna have to talk at all. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna have to walk. We can walk away. Just walk away. Just let them have the <laughs> You guys had this whole podcast guest hosting today. Yeah, guest hosting. <laughs> let's tape it before. It don't even come exactly, exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we can talk. We got plenty to talk about. Yeah, yeah. That's how the original idea started. Was we're we going to have you and also in the same episode. And I'm like, no, let's push them both. Let's push yeah, them both.
2: Gotta so, stretch this stuff out. Man. We gotta stretch
0: it out. We gotta stretch it out. No. So, but, I, but seriously, appreciate you coming in. Yes. And well, thanks for being the second me. artist it. that we this have. Been a blast. I've enjoyed yeah. it. So it's been great. Yeah. All right, man. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. This is Spoken Section, live from Casa de Monte Cristo in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Marcus. Hey, I'm Dwayne. Y'all have a great day. Peace.